uh, all about life without him. It's like a briefing that he's giving them. And I think there might be an overhead PowerPoint coming up in a minute. Um, he's giving them this, this briefing about... Uh, okay, <laughs> fine. Oh, okay, that, that'll, be, that'll be it. I'm looking there, there's nothing. But behind me, it's all happening. That's good. This briefing uh, from Jesus about life without him. So let's start reading in our Bibles, shall we, from pa- on page 1084, that last verse that we, that, that we read that begins the next bit of the conversation. So page 1084, and it's verse 16 of John 16. And Jesus went on to say to the disciples, In a little while you will see me no more, And then after a little while you will see me. At this some of his disciples said to one another, What does he mean by saying, In a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me? And because I am going to the Father. They kept asking, What does he mean by a little while? We don't understand what he is saying. It's good, isn't it, when the Bible, you know, tells us how people reacted. You may feel the same way sometimes. And Jesus, in verse 19, saw that they wanted to ask him about this. So he said to them, are you asking one another what I meant when I said, in a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me? Very truly, I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. So with you, now is your time of grief, but I will see you again, and you will rejoice, and no one will take away your joy. In that day, you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly, I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask, and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. So it's been a long and a hard conversation. And Jesus goes back to the very first thing he told them when it all started, that he's going away. Remember he said that to them? He said, I'm going away, I'm going to the Father. He said, they're not going to see him uh, again or for a while. And then they will. (laughs) That leaves these questions. What's he talking about? You're going to see me, then you won't see me? What's all that about? And he, he sees that they're asking these questions. They're confused and he helps them. So it's okay to have questions. Jesus doesn't chew them up for having questions. He doesn't say, what are you having questions for? Why don't you just stop, you know, just kind of believe it? He says, no, I'm going to answer your questions. He's getting them ready for the next couple of days. That's when he says, in a little while, you won't see me. Because in in just that night, Jesus was going to be killed. And it was going to be, and he said, you're not going to see me, but it's for a little while. What happened after a little while, two or three days later, three days later, Jesus was raised again from the dead. And he says, you will see me again because my journey is away from you. I'm going to God and I'm going to be raised from the dead and I'm going to be the ascended king. And Jesus is explaining that to him. He says, yes, it's going to be hard for you. He says, your en- the enemies, he said, the world, that system we thought of last week, which is organized kind of people without God, when we clump together, sometimes our rebellion against God is part of it. And that's why we killed Jesus on the cross, to try and get rid of God's king. And, and Jesus said, yeah, everyone would be rejoicing who did that, but you're going to be really sad. Remember the story of the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe, if you've read it? Do you remember when Aslan is 
is taken. Uh, you remember that, James? Yeah, it's a good story, isn't it? Do you remember how Lucy and Susan feel when that happens? How they talk about how painful and sad they feel? And C.S. Lewis, who writes the, wrote the book, helps us to see how awful it was as we see the two girls. It's kind of giving a running commentary. Jesus is saying it's going to be a bit like that for you. And maybe C.S. Lewis was thinking of this passage when he wrote that, that book. But, says Jesus, I'm going to be raised again. You will see me again and there will be joy. Again, like the Narnia story. Remember, was it amazing when the stone table is broken and Aslan is alive? How do the girls feel then? They can't believe it. Happy. It's great, isn't it? It's wonderful. And Jesus says to the disciples, yeah, you won't see me, but I'm going to be raised again and then you will be full of joy. And he says, no one is going to be able to take that joy away from you. He says, now, uh, sometimes us us men have to be careful when we say these kind of things, but since Jesus said it, I'll say it. He said, it's like when you have a baby, ladies. There's a lot of pain involved. And then he says, as soon as the baby arrives, there's so much joy that you forget about the pain. Well, maybe, maybe not. But, you know, you can get the idea. Uh, how many of us watch Call the Midwife? Probably quite a few. Anyway, so Jesus is saying, there's pain, but there's joy that follows it because I'm going to be raised from the dead and no one will be able to take that joy from you. So Jesus promises something to his disciples. He promises joy. And he promises joy to us too. Joy of knowing he is with us. Joy that nobody can take away, even though we may go through pain again. But there's joy as well, says Jesus, that comes into our lives, comes into the disciples' lives, because Jesus' journey is going to give us and them... So there's joy because of what Jesus has done for us. He's died and he's been raised. But there's also joy because he gives us a father who we can ask. Jesus says, I'm going away, but when I go, you'll be able to ask the Father. And this word ask means asking for something or asking about something. Brings us back to questions again, isn't it? Sometimes we ask God for something lots and lots of times, especially as we get older, we find ourselves needing to ask God about things. Jesus says, because I'm going to the Father, you're going to have a Father who you can ask anytime. So Jesus promises us joy. Where does the joy come from? Because of the journey, because of his rescue, because he's going to the Father and he's going to be um, uh, uh, raised from the dead and that life will come into our lives. So we can ask. Do you ask him? Have you done that? It's a good thing to do. Jesus says, do that. He says, ask God. Your joy can be complete. We'll come back later. But let's not miss this real joy from knowing God as our loving Father. Living in that knowledge that we have a Father who we can ask. There's security in that even when we go through trouble. There is joy in that even though at times life can hurt. I'm going to hand back. If we start reading again on that same page, uh, 108.4, on uh, verse 25, we'll see where it goes from there. So Jesus says, Though I have been speaking figuratively, 
A time is coming when I will no longer use this kind of language, but will tell you plainly about my Father. In that day I will ask the Father on your behalf. No, the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and entered the world. Now I am leaving the world and going back to the Father. And then Jesus' disciples said, Now you are speaking clearly and without figures of speech. Now we can see that you know all things and that you do not even need to have anyone ask you questions. This makes us believe that you came from God. Do you now believe, Jesus replied? A time is coming, and in fact has come when you will be scattered, each to your own home. You will leave me all alone. Yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So the conversation goes on, and the disciples, they seem to suddenly get it, don't they? They seem to have the answers that they were looking for. Actually, Jesus tells them that you've got quite a long way to go still, but they had enough to settle on for now. And that can be true for us as well. Questions are good. Jesus doesn't uh, give us a hard time for asking questions. But the time comes when we need to settle for as much as we have or as much as we need. I had an interesting conversation with someone a year or two back, someone I used to know really very well, and who is uh, an atheist. He's a very you know, strong p- person who doesn't believe in any God at all. And he, he was asking me, you know, he was kind of, I was answering some of his questions and he was, he was asking me loads more and it was all a bit, you know, it was an interesting time. And I said to him, look, Paul, his name was Paul. I said, actually, yeah, I don't know the answers to some of these questions. Yeah, I have some problems with some of the things that you're talking about as well. But I know enough in my own heart, I am settled that I have enough answers that I'm willing to trust God for what I don't yet understand. And sometimes we have to come to that position as well. Questions are good, uh, and they're fine, but at a certain point we have to say, okay, now I know enough, it's time, as it were, to commit. Lots I don't know. And what helps the disciples get settled on that? Well, verse 28 tells us, they at last see, they say, that Jesus has come from God. He came into the world, and he's on that journey. He's come for something. And it's all about what Jesus, uh, who Jesus is and what he has done. They are the two key core issues. Uh, behind, if you like, if you can get these two questions settled in your mind, you can start moving f- uh, forward as the disciples did. Who Jesus is, the one who's come from God, the one who's come for us, the one who's died for us, and then what he's done. He's come, he's died, there's evidence uh, to show that, he's been raised from the dead, and he gives us that life uh, as we turn to him, as we believe. Because uh, Jesus says to them, look, do you believe now? That's the key to it, trusting, loving, uh, and committing to God. Love that says, okay, I'm going to commit to you. Lord, I want you to, to come into my life. I, 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 I know enough now. I'd like to become a follower of Jesus. But that's not an easy path because Jesus goes right on to tell them in verse 31, there's going to be some ups and downs. He says, look, actually, before the, you know, in a couple of hours time, all you disciples, you're, each one of you will have run away because they're going to arrest me. And that's what happened. But then they, they came back afterwards, didn't they? 
And then he promises them something else. Not just joy, but he promises them peace. He said this before in the briefing. Where does that peace come from? He tells them about the Father's love. We can have peace because we know that we're loved by the living, holy, powerful, faithful God. He's my Father. If you're a follower of Jesus, God becomes your Father in a new and a special way. We know that we're loved by God. The Holy Spirit makes that real to us in our experience, not just in our heads. The Bible says nothing can separate us from that love. That's where the peace comes from. And Jesus also says in verse 33, he says, In me you have peace. There's a connection with Jesus. When we're following him, we're connected to him. That phrase, in me, that phrase, in Christ, is going to be, the rest of the New Testament is full of that phrase describing what makes a true believer that they're connected to Jesus, they're in Jesus, and he's in them. Next week through John 17, we'll, we'll hear more about that because it's what Jesus prays. So we get this peace. Jesus promises us peace. We can live for Jesus in this world, knowing joy that no one will take away because he is with us and because we can ask the Father who loves us, and we can enjoy peace in him, whatever happens, secure in his love. All because... Both, where do the joy and the peace come from? Because of this. Because of this journey he's done. This journey to the cross. This journey to the resurrection. This journey to the coronation in heaven as God's ascended king. Because of that, we have peace. We have joy. We can know him for ourselves. We can just say, Lord, I want to know you. Would you come into my life?